We're going to go ahead and pray over our word this morning. Jesus, what a privilege it is to be able to come into your presence. Thank you, Lord, for it. You said in Hebrews that we can come boldly to the throne room. So we come today, Lord. We seek mercy and grace, Father. Mercy for our failings, Lord, and grace to learn how to walk with you in all the ways that you desire us to, Lord. Speak to our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Come preach the sermon that you want to each individual as you desire, Lord. I thank you, Father, for it. Come and reveal Jesus. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive from you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father, for it. And Lord, help me to get this word out. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. So hold a finger there as I just want to preface a little bit. So we've been talking for a number of weeks about the book of Nehemiah and talking about building the wall around where you are, about hearing God and having his heart and seeing God's heart for where you live and what God's doing and then joining in to build that wall. And, uh, and then we saw the victory of chapter three, they all come in and they build the wall. And then chapter four, they face some opposition and they learn how to, to, to fight. They hold a sword in one hand and the work with the other and they're, they're in unity and they're fighting together while they're making that wall happen. And what a victory chapter three, chapter four is. It's like a triumphant overcoming in Christ Jesus. And all of us experience that at times when we plug into what God has for us where we are. When we do that, we can expect the beautiful fire of the Lord to come in then and begin to purify us and call us into a greater work, a greater knowing, a greater being with Jesus. Whenever you have victory, victory is generally always followed with a call to go deeper into Jesus. Because if all we have is victory, then we begin to look at our victory and we begin to relate that to ourselves. We begin to go, wow, how great I am that I experience all this victory. It's all coming out of who I am instead of coming out of the I am. Okay? And so when we do this, when we have this victory, he often says, okay, now I want you to go through a process of the furnace a little bit so that you can go deeper in me and begin to carry more weight of what I have for you. So the fire is not punishment for failing. The fire is an invitation, a calling into a deeper walk. It's actually a promotion. You guys are so quiet. I remember in 1999, I was sitting uh, outside of, I think it was Tula, Russia, which is south of Moscow, and we were at this conference, and it was Jill and I, and there was this prophetic guy there. Don't you love prophetic guys? And there was this prophetic guy there, and uh, it was October of 1999, and he called us out of the crowd. I was several hundred of the missionaries there, because at that time, there was still a lot of missionaries in Russia. Most of them, by now, almost all are gone, and we've turned it all over to Russian leadership. Uh, But at that time, there were still tons of us there. Uh, 200, I guess, isn't really a ton. But anyway, and he calls us out and gave us a word from the front of what the Lord was doing. And it was a word of promotion. And I was like, wow, this could be really good. You know, the Lord has seen what I've been faithful with over the last seven, eight years. 
And the Lord has decided to open up bigger doors for me. You know? And then he ended the word by saying, and I want to encourage you, you're going to go through the wine press, but the wine will be sweet. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I like the sound of that. <laughs> that is, is, you know, is that scriptural, you know? And uh, so that's October of 99. Come January of 2000, all hell breaks loose. And it stays for about six years, almost seven, uh, end to end, of just everything that could possibly go wrong, going wrong on a constant basis. Uh, stress in our relationship, uh, the church struggling, the leadership in sin, all of our d- disciples uh, getting tested, tried, and some failing, some not. Uh, moving back to the field, losing, I mean, just everything, uh, moving back to the States, losing our identities, just everything went bad. And at the time, I remember kept, I kept asking the Lord, I thought this was going to be a promotion, but it seems more like you're mad at me and you're, and you're, you're just angry at me and, and you've thrown me away. You know, what is this, God? What have I done? I can remember asking, what have I done to make you so mad at me, Lord? And it was always empty silence. Uh, because I was asking the wrong question and my heart wasn't to a place to receive. Now looking back, I'm like, that was some of the hardest but best time of my life because I really got a bunch of gunk just burned out of me. I was standing right in front of the hot fire. Uh, we like it in, in, in small amounts. I mean, this was like a, a jumping into a lake of lava. And for me personally, probably for others, it would be like, oh, that was nothing. But for me personally, you know, because it is uh, personal. Um, it was like lava. It just burned like crazy. Uh, but through it all, I learned so much about who God is, who I am in him and began to deal with my fears, my insecurities, my pride, uh, my false humility. I mean, just so many things, uh, the Lord led me out of through that fire. So out of the victory You are often led into a season where the Lord turns on the heat just to get to reveal and cause things to come to the surface so that you'll deal with them and they won't keep you from walking in the victory further. Okay? So you see that, and I know I'm I'm, I'm coming back to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2 here in just a second. Uh, Nehemiah 5 is Nehemiah doing that. He's like, you've had victory, but guys, you are oppressing the poor. You love your wallets more than you love God. You've idolized and placed financial gain greater than what Jesus has told you to do or God the Father has told you to do. And you need to stop it. This is the Holy Spirit. This is the fire. I can just imagine some of the grumbling of, how dare he? Doesn't he know we sacrificed to build this wall? Doesn't he know that, you know, and who does he think he is? You know, we all have these arguments. I thought we were doing good, and here you are, you're mad at us, Lord. No, I'm not mad at you. I want you to to grow. I want you to go deeper in me. I want you to smell like me. And to smell like me, you've got to let me burn off everything that's producing a contrary smell. It is difficult when the Lord asks us, do we really love him? 
Because it's easy to say, yes, I love you when it's all great and everything is going wonderful and you're just victorious and you're on the top of the world. It's a lot harder when he says, hey, do you love me? And everything is crashing down around you. And you're like, I, well, first, I don't feel your love because I'm looking for your love here and I'm living here. And if you really love me, then I would live here, not here, you know, not in the bad stuff. And the Lord says, actually, my love is not contingent upon where you are living in the moment. My love is a settling uh, foundation that you build your life on, whether you're walking through a season of growth and fruit or you're walking through a season of pruning. My love is still the root, the sap that flows through each branch. Okay? So this brings in now 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Because this is kind of the same thing that Nehemiah was doing here. Paul is telling the Corinthian church. We're beginning in verse 14. I guess we can jump back to verse 12 to give you a little bit of context. So Paul says here, When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was open for me in the Lord, and my spirit was not at, uh, I'm sorry, even though a door was open for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him, Christ, everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance of life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Now this is a deep one. This is one of those passages like Romans 7 that you read it and you go, what? You know, Romans 7 is the... uh, you know, I do what I say I'm going to do, and then I, I, I do what I say I'm not going to do, and then I, I don't do what I say I'm going to do, and, uh, and it's by the end of it, it's like, I'm confused. He's, I, you know. Paul here is saying that we have been created in Christ Jesus to walk in triumph. Now, triumph is not contingent on the season you're walking in. Triumph is contingent on your attitude and your understanding of who Christ is. You can be triumphant in a, uh, uh, a season of outward victory and you, fruit bearing, wonderful. And you can be triumphant in a season of pruning and difficulty. You know, as Americans, we highly value fruitfulness in this season. And we say, what is your problem? You need to fix it if you're over here. Well, that isn't the culture of Christ. That isn't the, uh, the, uh, the way Christ speaks. Christ speaks, no matter where you find yourself, I am leading you in triumph. 
Are your eyes on me or are your eyes on what's going on? Because, you know, in the season of fruitfulness, we get, we get our eyes on, wow, it's really good. I got the nice car. I got the, you know, whatever that season is for you, whether it's a business season of triumph or a religious season of triumph or a family season, our marriage is good. Everything's great, you know, and wonderful. Are your eyes on that? Is that where you're finding your value, your identity, who you are in Christ? Because if it is, when you get over to this season, you'll lose it. You'd be like, wow, where's, where are you, God? Well, I'm not in the fact that, you haven't had a, that you're having fights with your wife now and you weren't having your fights with your wife over there. That's not me. That's you. And you were still there. You just, the opportunity wasn't there to have the wife, to fight with your wife because there was no pressure on that area that you both, that I'm dealing with. It was just a good season. But now we've walked in a season where there's pressure on that area. I'm still love you. Nothing's changed in my relationship with you. Nothing's changed in your identity with me. It's just you've walked into a thing that are pushing these buttons that are there. They were there over there. They just weren't pushed. Now they're getting pushed. So let's deal with them. It doesn't mean I don't love you because you're having problems. Paul says here, in this chapter two, thanks be to God who is in, who in Christ leads us in triumphal processions. You are designed in Christ Jesus to walk always in triumphal processions. That means no matter what you're facing, you look to him and you go, okay, Lord, what are you doing? I'm learning to hear you in this season. I'm learning to see what you're doing to understand you, to build my faith in this season so that you bring me to the point where I am walking in triumph in the middle of this season. I uh, heard a a story about a a missionary that, uh, not a missionary, but a believer in in one of the foreign countries that was thrown into a dark pit because it was a believer. And he spent an exorbitant amount of time in there. And when they let him out, They asked him, you know, it must be so nice to be out of that pit that you were chained up in. He said, actually, the pit was wonderful because uh, I could feel Jesus right there with me. You know, we've heard testimonies like that. It doesn't mean that Jesus isn't with you now that you're out of the pit. It just means that you're going to have to learn to feel him in this season. Because it was obvious there because you had no distraction. And you could really plug in. If you got past your physical plane and physical discomfort, you could plug in and, and find him. Here you have the physical pleasure and you've got to get past your physical pleasure and find Jesus. It's the same of being in triumph is seeking out Jesus wherever you are. Where does the Lord have you today? Are you walking in the triumph he has for you Today, This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of encouragement of there is more for you in this season if you're not there. Don't give in to discouragement of, oh, well, now I failed in this. Don't do that. Go to, okay, God, there's something I'm not seeing. Open my eyes, please, so that I see what you have for me in this season and I can walk in the triumph you have for me. Hope. leads us in triumphal processions and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him 
everywhere. No matter where we are in the season of great victory, we want to smell like Jesus, not like pride. In the season of difficulty, we want to smell like Jesus, not discouragement. It's smelling like Jesus. That's the ultimate goal. Spreading the fragrance of Jesus everywhere we go. Can people smell you? Is it a good smell? So how do we walk in or how do we spread the fragrance of Jesus? I think we uh, spread it to the extent that we carry uh, trust. To the extent that we trust Jesus is to the extent that we, uh, what is the correct word, waffle? Let, you know, let out the aroma? I, I don't know. It's a good one, waffle. Okay, For, where's all my English people here? All my English teachers. That's the, thank you, thank you. Because you know, I got like several languages. There are two languages up here in tongues, and it sometimes it just you know, Lord help me. But anyway, to the extent that we that we trust, we carry the fragrance of Jesus. The fragrance of Jesus is found, I would say, in three things. Okay, if you're taking notes, these are three great things to write down. The fragrance of Jesus is found in his presence, his character, and his power. These are three areas that we can walk in. The presence of Jesus, the character of Jesus, and the power of Jesus. And so when we trust, we learn to walk in his presence. When we trust, we learn to walk in his character. When we trust, we learn to walk in his power. And the Holy Spirit, like Nehemiah, is here to help us and to bring us into times of fire so that we learn how to go deep and learn to walk in his presence. So that we learn to go deep and and learn to walk in his character. So that we learn to go deep and learn to walk in his power. And there are specific wonderful occasions when we get to go in and it's like going to school and you're like, okay, sit down, we're going to have an experiment and you're going to learn to do this. And you're like, I don't enjoy that. I like over here in, in the fruitful season when I don't have to do anything and it just happens. It's bubbles. You know, you lay hands on somebody and they're healed. Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes in John 16, verses 7 through 11, and it gives the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, you know, I'm leaving. It's, it's, you want me to stick around, but it's better for you if I leave because I can give you the Holy Spirit who never leaves you. He'll always be with you, and he's going to do three things. He's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. When he convicts the world of sin, he convicts us to understand when we are trusting in sin instead of trusting in the presence Sin is missing the mark. It's missing the presence of the Lord. It's trying to solve a physical need or an emotional need or a spiritual need that's outside of the presence of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit convicts us to trust in the presence of the Lord. I think one of the big questions that we ask when we don't know the presence of the Lord is, does he really love me enough? Does he stick around and stay around me even though I mess up? 
Does he really love me to stay with me? Can I walk in his presence? Do you have his presence in your life? Do you have your, his presence in your car? Do you have your pre, his presence in your home? Or does his presence reside here and you come into it, experience it, ooh, this is great, and as soon as you walk out the door, you like walk out of the bubble of the presence of the Lord. That's not what he intended for you. His presence is in you and desires to be with you, and you have to learn to foster, to recognize the presence of the Lord. As a 16-year-old, so when I was 10, I, I told you a few weeks ago how uh, my uh, holiness Pentecostal uh, mom, Aunt Pearl, God bless her, uh, mama and my Aunt Tip, all of them, all four are with Jesus now, were sitting in the corner and they were singing, uh, crooning, uh, Oh, How I Love Jesus. I don't know. I'm sure you know the song. You know, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. You know that. But they would croon because that was the Southern Holiness Pentecostal style that I grew up in. And I was sitting there in the kitchen of Mama's house down in Mississippi. And man, the presence of the Lord came. And I can remember at 10 years old going, this, I, I don't understand this, this deep love. And I crawled underneath the kitchen table to try to get away from it. And partly because of shame, because I was bawling my eyes out. You know, I'm a, I'm a boy. I don't want to all these women see me cry, you know. I want to experience the presence of the Lord. And I remember that when I was 15 and I finally came to, I, I, went, I went to a season where I did not know the Lord and I kind of walked away from him. He was there, but I didn't know he was there. And at 15, I met him in the back seat, the back pew of, of the church in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, while on summer vacation, a Pentecostal or a charismatic church. I, I felt the presence of the Lord. And six weeks straight, I sat in that back pew and just bawled my eyes out because I felt the same thing I felt when I was 10. And I realized there's the presence of the Lord. This is a tangible thing. And then I, somebody gave me Integrity Hosanna worship tapes. Now, these are old, so you can look them up. They still have them on YouTube and stuff. They're fun to listen to. Uh, but really old ones, I think it was, All hail King Jesus, all hail Emmanuel. It's like cassette tapes, so they were 30 minutes. This was before CDs. 30 minutes, you had to turn it over. You know, and I had a Walkman. A Walkman was a device that you would stick a cassette tape in and with headphones that you could listen to. Okay. And I would go into, uh, when I moved back to Illinois, because I, I didn't have a local church to go to that had this. So I would grab these cassette tapes, the two that I had, All Hail King Jesus and I can't think, uh, Overcoming Champion or something like that. I don't remember. And I would go into uh, my brother's room, because my brother had moved out. It was an empty bedroom. I'd go in there and I would put that on and I would sing at the top of my lungs. And it would take me an hour to an hour and a half to get to where I could feel what I felt in the back of the church. Peeling off all of my failings, you know, because I, I fell into uh, sin. I fell into stupid things. I was all by myself as a 15-year-old, went back to my high school. I just fell back into all the garbage. And it would take me about an hour and a half to peel through all of that to get to where I could feel the presence of the Lord and that love. And then I would stay there as long as I could because I knew once I left that bedroom, I would be walking away from it. Okay? I had not learned. 
And I continued to do that all through high school, whenever I could, and it would get easier and easier. And then when I got on the mission field, I, I, I had several times where, man, man, I had my prayer closet, and I would go in there, and I would listen as, to music as loud as I could. I needed it as loud as possible, and I would uh, pray in tongues or sing along with it as loud as possible, uh, because that's what I needed. Uh, I know it was weird for all my roommates and probably our, our Russian neighbors. It was probably weird, but it got me through and I got into the presence of the Lord. My goal, my heart desire was I need the presence of the Lord. As time has gone by, it's gotten easier and easier to get into the presence of the Lord because my trust in him has grown. I trust that he's always with me. I trust that he'll never leave nor forsake me. I trust that he loves me even when I mess up. I have learned that through time, and each lesson I learned peeled off resistance for me when I came into the presence of the Lord. It is the Lord's desire for you to be in his presence and to experience it. Pay whatever cost it takes to get into the presence of the Lord. And by cost, I mean time or driving to the IHOP prayer room or whatever it is. Buy the, buy the album on Spotify or get the Spotify membership. Whatever you need to do, pay the cost to get into the presence of the Lord and get into his presence. And then learn to stay there. There's a little tiny book called Practicing the Presence of the Lord. Highly recommend it. It's a little tiny one. You can get it on Amazon. It's written in the 1500s. It's just a great little book to remind you you're always in his presence. So enjoy it. Even when you're doing the dishes, you're in his presence. So once we learn to walk in his presence and then his presence there, then no matter what situation we're going through, we can carry the fragrance of Jesus into that situation. When it's a tough time, we just stop and we say, Lord, I know that you're with me. I am reminded that your presence is here. And so, Lord, I am carrying your presence into this situation. Have you ever carried the presence of Jesus into a fight with your spouse? I tell you, it ratchets it down from a fight to a discussion. There's nothing wrong with having discussions. Fights kind of denote that you're throwing things at each other, either verbally or physically. Jesus isn't for that. Jesus is for, let's discuss this as adults. Let's talk about how you see things and how I see things. And let's come together and figure out how to walk through this. Because we're in unity. But bringing the presence of the Lord into that situation. In all authenticity, I had a wonderful uh, opportunity to walk this out yesterday. And we did. We walked it out great. I was like, way to go. I was, I was happy. It was good. Heavy, heavy discussion. But the presence of Jesus there. character. Walking in the fragrance of the character of Jesus. Now, the character of Jesus, you know, are the fruit of the Spirit and some more. I mean, there's more there, but generally the fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, goodness, kindness, self-control, all of those things. If you're lacking part of the character of Jesus, don't throw yourself away. Just say, Jesus, I know you're working in this area and I'm going to trust that you are able to build me in this area. Because I want to smell like you in this area. And he will give you opportunities. 
Because you, you'll like float over here and you'll live over here and everything is wonderful and you just smell so nice. And then he'll give you opportunities to walk into where, wow, that kind of stinks. That isn't me fragrance. And you, you know, and then you're like, okay, wow, this is an area where I need to invite Jesus in. Where am I seeing wrong? What am I thinking wrong? What am I doing wrong? Jesus, speak to me. It's opportunities to be more fragrant because once you get that down, once you get freed in that, then you just become, you know, those little air puff things that they plug into outlets. You plugged into Jesus and you're just puffing out this beautiful smell of Jesus constantly wherever you go. We get nose blind to it because we're used to it until all of a sudden you walk into that wall of, woo, that stinks. And the third thing, I think, well, on the under character, um, has he forgiven me enough because uh, the Holy Spirit convicts the righteous? Has he forgiven me enough to uh, allow me to walk with him? You know, it becomes about your character and you need to get past that. You need to get into the character of Jesus, not your own character. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So ask Jesus into where your character is failing. Don't go, man, Jesus, you can't forgive me because I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Isn't that a song? I'm so bad. I'm so bad or whatever, you know, don't do that. It's not becoming it's Jesus, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good. Jesus, you're so good. Replace this area. The last one is he convicts the world of judgment. To me, that's a talking about for us. It's about understanding the power of Jesus. It's who's bigger. Because the world thinks I'm going to do, I'm going to do, and nothing can happen to me. And it's the realization of, yeah, you know what? Jesus is more powerful. Jesus is the final judge. For us, it is, hey, you need to remember that I am bigger than this situation. Jesus is bigger than the government. Really? Jesus is bigger than your wallet. Jesus is bigger than your current character or your current problems or your current lack. Jesus is bigger than your lack of vision or your confusion right now. Jesus is bigger. You know, Jesus is bigger than the Chinese government. Do you know, uh, he was supposed to get a visa and he couldn't get a visa. And he, Justin, uh, Hella's husband over here was telling me, this is years ago when they lived in China, and the Chinese government were not approving his visa, and it was getting down to the moment. And he walked into, it had been a holiday, I think it's Chinese New Year's, and he went in right after that, and the head guy in the police station picked up his passport and just threw it at him in anger. Because over the holiday, somebody who didn't know what they were doing stamped the visa in his passport and approved it. And there was nothing the cop could do about it. I saw when I lived in Russia, I saw Jesus being bigger than the Russian government. If you need to, Jesus is much bigger than the American government. He is able to. He's bigger than the IRS. I don't care what is standing in the way. Do we see, do we trust that Jesus has more power than the situation? 
uh, in the movie Jesus Revolution, you remember they, I don't know if you've seen it, but they, they give them a car and then it won't start. So they all gather around and they pray for the car and they have to pray twice and then the car starts up. Uh, done that. You know, in situ- we don't just do it because, hey, I don't want to go to the mechanic, so I'm just going to pray for my car. <laughs> Been in situations where you're, you've, I drove to Moscow. We spent overnight. Moscow was negative, I don't know, 25 degrees. The car would not start in the morning. It had to start because we had to get do ministry stuff. Had to be done. So we laid hands on the dash. Jesus, I know you are greater than this, whatever it is. Will you Amen. zap this car so that it will start so that we can do what you've told us to do? Amen. Start right up. God is bigger than the situations that you're in right now. And it gets down to our trust. Do we trust him in that? And sometimes it's a trust. Is he actually able to do it? And sometimes it's a trust. Am I worthy for him to take care of this area for me? Either way is you bringing and learning who Jesus is so that you can walk and Waffle the fragrance of Jesus, whatever that word should be. You try getting up here preaching sometime. <clears throat> no, but uh, <laughs> letting it out. Letting it out. Come on, Jesus. Looking at all my scattered notes. I mean, these, that's my notes. So I don't like write note notes. I more like write, hey, you might want to remember this. In closing, one, you're called to be in triumph. Okay? And what does that mean for the situation you're in? And generally, you can write that down. Maybe it's something that you don't have faith for, but you can write down a a vision statement for that of what the Lord's speaking to your heart, okay? It may take you five years, 10 years, or three months to get there, but you can see that. So what is that triumphant for this situation? Number two, learn learn to trust and, and go deeper in the presence, the character, and the power of Jesus, whatever it is for this season right now you're in. And three, the final that I think that I just want to remind you, is understand that it's all by the grace of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. For God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all times, in all seasons, having all that you need, you will mostly get through. No, you will abound. You will triumph. I guess triumph, yeah. It's just, it'd be a two-syllable word instead of a three-syllable word. You will triumph. Let me pray over you this morning. Jesus, I know you love this body, each and every member. You love everybody listening to this recording or seeing it online. Jesus, you desire to walk with them in greater amounts, Father. You desire, Lord, for them to see you and to have deep relationship with you, regardless of whether it's a season of great victory or a season that seems like great defeat, Lord. Lord, that you would be the foundation that they would stay connected to. Jesus, I pray, Father, give them your eyes for the situation. Help them to hear and to understand what you're doing. 
Jesus, reveal to them in greater context, Lord, in greater ability, Lord, who you are, Father, and what you're doing, Lord Jesus. Show them, Father, your presence. Let them feel it, Father. Let them know it. Show them your character, Father. Let them walk in it. Father, show them your power. Let them experience it, Lord. Jesus, by your great and manifold grace that you enjoy showing the devil up in, show forth your kingdom in each of their lives, Lord. I pray in the authority of your name, which is above all names. Amen and amen. 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 God bless you. See you next Sunday.